your own voice so annoying to yourself? Yes. Like whenever I listen to recordings of my own voice, it's so unfortunate. Well, it's, uh, I mean, really you hear yourself from your own like head right. cavity, mm -hmm. right? Spencer Hicks, we are live, my friend. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Junk I Love podcast. Today I have Spencer Hicks. This is actually the second time I had on the podcast, but the first time I deleted it for no apparent reason. So, uh, Spencer, I'm happy to have you on here, man. You're just, uh, you're one of my friends who's, I would definitely consider you a very intellectual person. And so you and I always have very in-depth, intelligent, um, wonderful, intriguing growth conversations. Um, where it, we learn, I feel like a lot of the, we, we're into a lot of the same subjects as well. So I, I'm excited to have you as a reoccurring guest on this podcast. Yes. It's very, Spencer. it's very nice to be on here. I really enjoy speaking with you. Yeah. You definitely bring out, bring out the good in everybody around you, man. So, um, today I think we should just dive right into like, you, you came in with a couple things written down in all three of the words that you wrote down. I was like, yes. And those three words were. Uh, I would like to define ego, consciousness, and mindfulness for people. I would people. love to do all those three things. So I would love if, if you want to start off, um, whichever of those three in your definition. I will start with the ego. Okay. So, people misinterpret the ego as um, more of what it's connotated with. Like I had a conversation with an older gent recently, and I was like, "Well, you just need to step back and look at your ego a little bit." just like observe it and he's like well i don't have an ego okay oh. well not really not the definition i was looking for so it prompted me to write down this question it's really just the the self that you identify with but it's not necessarily the true self i would think that it's and it's different with everyone you're mm -hmm. with as well like you could be different with other people and that's just your projection of who you are right. and what you're about but it's not necessarily you you don't always have to hold on to it it's a it's a very abstract concept that's not quite always easy to grasp, but once you uh, get a hold of it, you right. can see it more so. So if you were the, um, th immediately the question that pops into my mind is ego versus self. I mean, what it seems kind of like you're talking about like, this is me. Like, what are you saying? You know, the people who are listening are going to say, you're just talking about who I say that I am, right? My name, I'm Ashley. Like, what What do you mean? I'm Ashley and I'm 14 and I drive a pink bug. That's me. What, the self and ego. There's a little bit of a branch there. Yes. So I would say that the ego is um, what you would most strongly identify as in general. Okay. So, like, all these anchoring physical things, like, I drive this, this is what I do, like... I'm a rapper or this is my career. Mm -hmm. Like these things are ex external things that you're anchoring your yourself to yeah, that aren't know. necessarily you. Right. Yeah. I, I always like the, um, you may know this analogy. Um, Sam Harris used it in, I think waking up or one of his books, essentially um, uh, if you, a car, if you take a car and you completely strip it down, completely strip it out every single part laid out in front of you like where's the carness mm -hmm. where's the car there's a, there's another one it's uh, if you have a boat and you replace every piece one at a time until it has all new pieces is it the same boat yeah exactly and, and so we think of you know our our memories the things that we own the clothes that we wear we think of that as that's who we are but it's it's very hard to define <laughs> 
Yeah, and I think that's why it's so difficult to find ego and explain it to people because mm-hmm. it's very much so an extremely abstract concept. But and it's it's much more fluid than people would let on mm-hmm. or that m- most people think. Like you feel like, no, this is who I am. This is exactly right. who I am, but it will always be changing. And it's something that introspection helps you to notice quite a bit. Definitely. I yes. agree there. And I feel like... Um, I can only do that in silence too because like a constant noise all the time like always listening to something I never actually get to interact with it mm-hmm. or myself I'm just kind of careening through my day yeah what, what so what do you do do you are you talking like meditation this helps you even kind of get your ego in check even just driving with no music just yeah. if you're in a headspace to I don't know take inventory I guess of your own mental processes yeah like that just like that little chatter keep you away from like digging into this and i feel like that's why we're so far removed from seeing it because it's so easy to be stimulated yeah and i notice it sometimes too because i'm always listening to stuff like podcasts music yeah yeah i can't even like walk to the next room sometimes some days it's so unfortunate because like if my phone dies or i decide hey i'm gonna drive to work no music today like the amount it's almost like a pen up Right. Like what is what has been holding back? Like all the stuff that it's been weighing like on me, just is is kind of released over twenty minutes. And you're like, wow. I mean, Dude, I totally. just got. Then I think about, man, if I did this for more than twenty minutes, like, if I just didn't have any stimulus for the day, how much would I mentally get done? Like, how much would I figure out about myself if I wasn't always distracted? Right. I think that that what happens though is, is the the barrier that our ego creates. Mm-hmm kind of when silence happens when there's silence the barrier that our ego is creating like reaffirming who we think we are through our phone or through our distractions whatever um breaks down it's like silence is like okay well now it's time to bring these things up let's let's picture reality here Mm -hmm. well and i drifted off a little bit so back to the ego i really it, like Instagram's a very good representation of I, I prefer mm-hmm. to say an avatar than ego. It's a little easier to grasp. I mean, at least for me. Like this person that you are on the internet, like that's a definitely a form of ego. Like you're projecting mm-hmm. this. Like this is who I am, this is my avatar, this is what I want people to see of me. But it's very curated. Right. And it's really never how people are. Yeah, and, it's it's not right. It's it's who we think we are. Well, it's it's who we think other people think that we are. It's a weird dance. Yeah, it's, it's a weird it's dance strange. to play. So, so the thing about ego, though, is is it, it starts for me. It seems like anytime I talk about it with somebody who doesn't fully understand, which for you know me two years ago, I feel like I didn't understand the word ego fully, and I and I thought that I did, but um, there's an offensiveness to it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you say like, oh, your ego, or the, there seems to be this ownership, your ego mm-hmm. that people. It, it's silly because when they get offended, if you say ego or someone stops listening when you use the word ego um, or bring it up, it's their ego that is putting that structure out. So so everybody has an ego, Spencer, and is it, I feel like I've read about it being kind of a primitive, so it's something that's left over from evolution, right? It's something to keep us safe. Does that make any sense to you? It's definitely a, a defense mechanism to some degree, mm-hmm. especially the like the incessant guarding of it, like being able, we as humans really just don't like change and it's the ego can be incredibly fluid if we allow it to be like, you can be essentially whatever you'd like to be and whatever you want to project. But 
it's very scary to do that and to let go of like who you are these things that define you because now it's even if these things are harmful to you thinking about being someone else or doing something else is very hard i mean you hear people all the time say well like i can't quit my job and go do this thing like why can't you like why can't you be someone new yeah so i feel like as a society it's extremely frowned upon to change in general which i think is a big cause of the problem yeah we're, we're kind of always taught that we're born to be who we are you know like and it's like oh my, my problems i gotta deal with them so everybody's gotta deal with them mm-hmm. it's kind of locks in who we think we are and i think the the social connotation to the literal world ego is pretty rough too mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier just because it's it's connotated in a very poor light usually like oh like you've got a big ego yeah it kind of i feel like when i hear the word ego i picture some like some cocky dude right mm-hmm. I feel like that was my all. That's how I always used to think of the word ego. Um, some dude who talks about himself too much. Or something like, oh, he's egotistical, or oh, he's uh, he's got a big ego. I mean, that's. I mean, that whole phrasing of how we used to, how I used to use the word ego, is just entirely incorrect. It doesn't exp- it doesn't grasp or explain what it is at all. It's very ego is. I think every single human on earth needs to understand ego. Ego is something that is very gripping to a lot of us mm-hmm. and just to participate in society and culture of today your ego is something that you have to have like it's it's it, you have to have it in check to be successful i think mm-hmm. to be um forgiving and not get caught up in every single every single cow shit that you step in and every single little argument that someone is challenging who they who you think you are and yeah i think that Ego is one of the most important things to fully grasp. I think that even, you know, if you gain, if listeners, if you gain an, uh, some sort of insightfulness from just listening to us talk about ego, I really encourage you to dive farther into the word ego. There's plenty of YouTube videos, plenty of searching the word, what is, searching what is ego on Google. The first thing that comes up is just wonderful. I'm pretty sure I remember doing it. So, um, yeah, man. So, Ego is, is, is quite a, quite a crazy thing. I think, how have you, besides silence, Spencer, how have you navigated your ego? Like, as you understand the concept of the word, as you understand yours, the people around you, how do you navigate ego? I mean, it really starts with, I mean, we're going to get to another word, but a mindfulness Mm -hmm. practice or a meditation, because in order to like change behavior, you must notice it first. Right. And if you never get to the point of noticing it, it's just moot like it's not it's not even on your radar so just um when i'm navigating my daily life i mean a lot of time it's in hindsight as well because it's just very easy to just instinctively react to things and and just uh i don't know be who you are in quotes i guess but i will catch myself at the end of the day thinking about just the actions not in like a poor light but just like how how did this affect me throughout the day and like how did it change my social interactions Right. Yeah. I mean, it's really good to be introspective at the end of the day. I think that's where I find myself. I used to, um, I I mean, I used to just not have a handle on my depression at all. And so I would be introspective about my day, right? At the end of the day. And I'd be like, dude, you sucked at this. You sucked at this. But it was, you know, it was the real me disagreeing with like what my ego self was doing out in the real world or, or, you know, saying or talking about like things that I'm just like, huh, I didn't really want to act that particular way or whatever it may be i think a lot of like depression and whatnot really comes from not 
I mean, the true self is like a big ideological concept that might not even be a real thing, but like acting in a way that doesn't abide by that. And then, like you said, realizing that is, you know, it's going to make you upset at some like primal internal degree. Like you're just not the way you navigate yourself with other people is just not in tune with who you are. The like the frequency you give. But being aware of it and being introspective and just, you know, whether it's taking the end of your night, whether it's meditating, wherever you can fit it in, what meditation does is it puts a little wedge in between to where when situations happen, you can be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to act that way. Or, oh, my mind is, my mind is thinking like crazy. And I just noticed that it was, um, m- mindfulness teaches you that, that skill for sure. So let's actually talk about mindfulness too. Yes. So you give me your definition of mindfulness, Jake. Oh. Hmm. At all times, we're thinking. At all times. There's a million thoughts going through our minds. Noting, Knowing that and noticing that are two things that are profound once you realize that you can do that. I went 26 years of my life without really having mindfulness, mm-hmm. knowing that at all times my mind is going a million miles a minute. I thought that whatever word, whatever feeling, whatever blah, blah, blah comes in, that that's what happens. But being mindful of, I guess, the fact that I'm thinking all the time is is mindfulness at the root for me. What What do you think about that definition? I like it a lot. I mean, I really like to look at it like a third point perspective, like a third person perspective on yourself. Mm-hmm. So like in accordance to your thoughts. So you don't really get to choose what you think, but you definitely get to choose what you hang on to. Mm-hmm. And mindfulness, like you said, just puts that wedge in there and you you instead of like that guttural instinct reaction to something and then following it like anger is an easy one to pick on because it's Mm -hmm. so like volatile and very easy to like see like this this was not a feeling that you chose to feel but it's a feeling that you chose to feed right so if if you're mindful you can realize that you just fed that instead of just feeding it and asking for forgiveness later and then also in the same headspace, you really just get a look at, well, hey, why am I angry? Like, why is this upsetting to me? Do I have, am I rightfully angry or am I right. angry because I'm protecting my, who I am, my ego, mm-hmm. which can be mm-hmm. very fragile. And it's very easy to somebody to say something that's off-putting to you. And it's usually something that's probably critical and you probably need to hear. Usually the things right. we get really mad about are usually stuff like, yeah, that we need to Yeah, we're trying into. to protect ourself from pain at all times right in our minds our, our brain is trying to protect ourselves so it doesn't want us to hurt if we accept those things about ourselves we really live those true me- beings a lot of times that hurts and so our ego is projecting out kind of the opposite or we're like defending like of course i'm not like that mm-hmm. because if you were like that it would hurt a lot and so your ego is like almost like a little scorpion tail that's always working while you're like while you're looking down there's a scorpion tail that stabbing people mm-hmm. making sure they don't hurt you and i really think the like this with um, realizing the ego also helps you it not feel so bad when you introspect mm-hmm. and you're mindful of yourself and you're like, wow, this is like really not acceptable behavior. And I sh-. like usually if you if you've got a very strong sense of self, that's going to feel really bad because it's like it's an attack on your identity. But if you can like, hey, I'm not the person that I think I am. I'm like this fluid being and then you react in a certain way or something is very off putting or upsetting to you. Mm-hmm. Instead of um, instead of the guard, you get to look at why, like, why why am I upset about this? Right. Like, why did this? Why is this not putting to me? And then instead of being 
like beat up by the fact that you got upset by it, you're not going to really realize like, Hey, this is how I'm going to do better. Like this is, this is the thought process that got me here and this is why it's unacceptable, but I'm okay with that. Exactly. I mean, not as in like a contentment, but it's, um, I'm not going to beat myself up over it. Cause I, I do see a lot of people that, um, they're like anxious or depressed or have like pretty deep seated issues. And if they just start like digging through that, it just feels bad. And we will always try to avoid pain. Like mm-hmm. all your biology is set up to just avoid pain. Mm-hmm. Our society is set up to avoid pain, man. Yeah. The pursuit well, of happiness. So I've actually done recent research and it used to be pursuit of pleasure, or pleasure and avoidance of pain. And it's actually just avoidance of pain. Like that's a one thing that you do. Oh, like pleasure is a part of that. Yeah. Because it's the opposite, but it is 100% almost all of your decisions are to avoid pain. Well, it's it's funny. You can narrow all, you can follow all like uh, pain, annoyance, boredom, is all goes back to, let's say, fear, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's these emotions. And it's, I feel like when you just follow it back, like, of course I don't want to feel this because at my core being, all I want is the best for myself. Like, I, I don't want to get mad and ruin my life because I yelled at someone. Like, why would I want that? I want the best for myself. So we have a lot of, I don't know, I guess posturing. That's a very good word. That's, yeah, it's, yeah, our society is just so full of posturing. It's funny. I, I, I always try not to use the word society and culture over because I just feel like people are going to, widget a tinfoil hat on my head but i don't know i I think that it isn't i mean why else are we having this conversation right it's something that's important for our our culture our society to know right now and and be aware of because i you know i i'm victim to it myself i have an ego i haven't always been mindful i can always be more mindful some days if i miss my morning meditation i'm like great i'm not gonna be as mindful today Mm -hmm. maybe i'm gonna let my emotions get the best of me like and of course i don't want that so it just happens to everybody we got to work on it and I feel like it's very much so, it's such a Western problem because mm-hmm. like Buddhism and Hinduism, I mean, I don't agree with Hinduism, like the, like the overarching structure of it, yeah. but in Eastern culture, the emphasis on um, introspection is very much so mm-hmm. held to a high degree. And we in the West, not so much, like whenever you speak to old people, especially their like their sense of self and their ego is, is just so stout. Mm-hmm. It's so incredibly inflexible and you notice it, I mean, in their political views, like they're just, they're so unwilling to change. And it's, um, it's actually very unfortunate to see people that are very old that have lived their whole lives and never been able to like break the mold. Like I've, this is who I am. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that what's happening though, is we've had, you know, the two generations like that are happening you know, at, at the boot of technology, mm-hmm. like what's happening is this huge separation between these two generations who have like, we love technology. Like let's say us and the, I don't know us being like the top of the younger people. And then the people who are like four years older than us who also kind of got technology too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the separation between our two generations and old people say 60 years old, um, who are de- de- definitive in their ways, very political, mm-hmm. that separation because of the the technology is like <clears throat> is very apparent and what's what's really putting a wedge between that the conversation that needs to be happening that's like an open conversation where we can actually talk to each other is the ego 
and I, it's weird because it seems like it's it's the ego old people have a huge ego but also there's young people who are doing what we're doing very wrong there's old, young young people who are also having huge egos who are are thinking like they're just throwing away every single thing that old people say just because they have a posturing, you know, a mm -hmm. stance against these people. So there's two different versions of ego with three different generations that are going head to head. And it's just weird. I, it's funny because what old people told us the Internet would do to our brains did to them. They just they will believe everything because okay, it's right. like, oh, it's going to melt your brain. Like you're going to believe all these crazy things like they have incredibly poor opinions because they can't oh, censor gate because mm -hmm. they've been they just have in taken so little information compared to us and they haven't lived in a world where they have like a massive distrust mm -hmm. for like government and establishment. Right. So they're very much so very status quo too. So it's like, it is so, we're so polar opposites, but I really try to not, I try to not be upset or divisive or like uh, pick young team, team young people. It's like, no, I, right, I genuinely right, right. feel very bad for these people. No, it's terrible. I, I think, well, I mean, you and I were talking about this even before the podcast is, the nature of our being, whether we want it to be or not, I think is a bit of an advocate, a bit of a moderator, a bit of a, um, you know, if there's two people arguing who clearly are just misunderstanding each other's opinion or what the essence of what they mean is, we are the type to, to try to be like, oh, no, 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 just listen. Here's what you mean. Here's what you mean. Now have a conversation. So I think that, you know, I guess uh, us having these conversations is is important a, defi a definition of terms and that's why i wanted to start with that too because the definition yeah. of terms is so incredibly important when you're speaking about things because yeah. two people can be arguing the same point with different terms and be upset at each other absolutely and that is not very helpful it's so foolish it seems like and now that i feel like the more that i learn and the more that i can really really see it the more that i sharpen that tool of, of this skill like watching like oh what does this person really mean and really trying to understand people you see it Man, it's like it's the essence of like most problems. And again, ego is what is just guarding us mm -hmm. from just letting go and be like, hey, listen, what the fuck do you just let me listen to you for an hour? What do you really mean here? Because mm -hmm. if you just let someone talk, if you get rid of your posturing, your stance, your ego, mm -hmm. and you just learn from someone talking, you actually start to be see things eye to eye and realize you're talking about a lot of the same things. And sometimes, I mean, you see a lot of political problems and like, there's always, like, if you have a hard political leaning, the other side is going to complain about stuff. And it's probably the same problems you have. It's just framed differently, incredibly right. differently. Like, they just right. have a wrong scapegoat for it that isn't yours. So it's like, we are all people together that have to live in a, in a society. Like, these are not, like, the reason that life is hard is not these old people. Like, OK Boomer right. is really funny. Like, I think OK Boomer is one of the funniest things <laughs> in a while. But it's super not helpful. Because it causes divisiveness, right? And these people aren't inherently the problem. Like they're your grandparents. Like, they're not the problem. Like yeah. we have systemic issues that they didn't cause. Like they have to yeah. deal with all the same shit that you do. Right. So they're they're just. I mean, they're they're kind of thrown into this shit just as we are. I think that we're like, don't you understand that this is not real? And they're like, we don't know what else to do either. So we're just gonna stand here with our thing. You well, know? how can you ever expect them to just? That's the word I'm looking for. Adapt. Adapt to, instead of, so I've read a statistic and it's like, our grandparents are people above the age of 80. We've taken in more information by 25 years than they did for like 70 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. Like they can't adapt to that. It's so incredible. It's overwhelming for me. And, and I am, I try to read as much as possible and take in right. a lot of information. And it's overwhelming. 
So I can't imagine how these people feel in their age when they're not adapted to this. Well, they're going to feel like their usefulness has been kind of dried up, right? Like you don't call your grandma to like, hey, what's the recipe for this? You just look it up online and there's probably a better recipe than your grandma gave you nowadays. But that's a weird, how do we cope with shit like that yeah. even? And I'm hard pressed to say that their wisdom is actually just, it's it's not, it's not the best because we have the internet and people, they grew up in right. a society that didn't value introspection or any of these things and mm -hmm. not no fault of their own. It's just not part of the culture here. And then they've just been fed like one news source, like all this information has been force fed to them and they've just been like, this is what they got. There's no other objective right. reality for them. So even their wisdom is just not as helpful now. Right. So the one thing you're supposed to have when you're old, is supposed to be an old wise man, which I think being aged and being wise are two different things, but the stereotypical True. old person is wise. Of course. And the internet has, profound amounts of wisdom that they have could barely like yeah. grasp and some of them this is a very large blanket statement but no like a lot of, of the old, course it's yeah, blank statement, yeah. a lot of the old people i run into i feel like that that probably feels really bad like the one thing mm -hmm. would be this old wise man teach teach my kids all this stuff but yeah, it's like it's, it'd be wonderful to have that the it, internet just does it so much better yeah i mean you, you read all these books <laughs> You know, and then you discover that like reading three books, you pretty much get the summarizations of that by one 16 year old kid watching a documentary on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, those three books took me four weeks and that took him 44 minutes. So, I mean, not that it's the exact same information, but I, I was just thinking of a, of an analogy, like, be, because I can't say that where you and I get our information, where we get our truth, where we get our news is perfectly more truthful and more reliable than where they get theirs but we also do and know a thing or two we know like a lot of the news networks that i mean the news that is you know fox news cbs i don't really even know any of these i'm not saying pinpointing exactly mm -hmm. but it's fed one wormhole of of information like this is what you care about at all times and now there's 24 hour news there's something that's breaking there's something that's worth watching at all times. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking when we say like, Hey, this isn't the only truth. Like when we're trying to explain to old people who are, you know, watching the same news stations as they have been for 25 years saying like, Hey, this is biased. This isn't the whole picture. There's a whole world, this whatever, whatever. Imagine if we walked in when there was only TVs before the internet and we walked into someone's home, they're sitting around family dinner, six mm -hmm. of them. And you're like, Hey, what you're watching on this TV right now, I know that that's the president, but that's false. That is wrong. He's lying. It's not true. They'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course this is true. This is the most true thing ever. So the way that we get our truth in this world has been completely compromised. Mm -hmm. And old people, there's no way they can cope with that. That's No, and they just have not been, I mean, being... Blank, blanket statement on old people. Yeah. But... Being skeptical is a, it's a skill you got to work up. You don't just like all of a sudden don't believe anything right and these people didn't have to do that like why would the news lie like there's a very much so a systemic i mean all the news is set up to just piss them off and cause divisiveness mm -hmm. and i think that's why okay boomer is funny but also upsetting because we're just adding to that like, what's, what's the okay boomer i don't know that. <laughs> okay so okay boomer is like the comeback for when old people say like ridiculous stuff or like they have just terrible political opinions like it's a big mm. meme you're like oh. okay boomer like this is like <laughs> right. the okay. stonewall forum and I it's it. just like going over the oh, internet God. right now which is funny it's objectively I, uh, pretty funny but it's well, definitely yeah, it's, it's great like 
we can't be upset with these people. Like we have to have incredible empathy for yeah, they're fucking they're people too. Like what are we saying? Like our opinions just because we're like I'm no important, no more important than other humans. Like we're all living here. We have to figure out how we can. I just think that uh, the divisiveness is a problem. And I actually wanted to go over us versus them. Yes, I wrote that down. Yeah. Us versus them mentality yeah, is just, it's just incredibly. I mean, that's a one of the biggest ones I see is uh, young people mm-hmm. versus old people, especially because the political mm-hmm. sphere is getting very heated right now because the election's coming up. Like, there's so much divisiveness, and there's a lot of like corporate energy entities that make a lot of money from causing divisiveness. Mm-hmm. So, when we just like eat that all day, it's very easy to be angry. Like, oh, those are the other guys. Like, right. it's like the caveman brain just wants the enemy right they want like an actualized like this person's a problem their of opinions course. are bad and Blame. i'm going to do everything against this person that's why we have justice because we can once we get that person we can make them feel bad and so we just gotta rise above that i really really try to not do that it's extremely hard because right. i really think that old people have terrible opinions i really mm-hmm. disagree with almost everything they believe in but i can't i can't let that dictate how I treat individual people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an us versus them right there. That's like, um, the self is extremely important. And when you're in groups, like that group think and that big, like, I feel good. I got my tribe behind me. All these people, we mm-hmm. all like hate is so much more rallying than love. It's easier. And, and like the corporatism, especially in like Western culture really, really sells that to everyone. Mm-hmm. Us versus them is sold to us every single day. That feels super bad. I was. It's funny. It's this left. You know, it does just say politics is a great example. Red and white, or left and right. It's like you don't have to choose one of them. You don't have to talk about a person as if that summarizes exactly who they are, mm-hmm. their entire being, because that creates right away that even our political system at its core creates an us versus them conversation. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was thinking though. So like we're having a conversation. We're saying, oh, we're young people. They're old people. Um, I also think that there's a nervousness, there's a weirdness in um, like the Western cultural language where us versus them is even kind of a weirdo thing to talk about when I, so uh, I was just thinking about race. So if I'm saying, talking about a black man, like saying black male or saying um, like Mexican, so like race, for example, Mm -hmm. talking about me versus them, like as a white man saying Mexican or, or a black person that seems weird coming out of my mouth. Like it feels like I'm not used to talking about it or considering us versus them um, out loud conveying differences. Mm -hmm. But we seem so, we like ignore that conversation and we're like, we're all equal in that sense. We don't even talk about like, like, we're just people. I'm not black. You're not white. We're just people. We have that. But then when it comes to political shit, it's so fast to just, it's, it's so comfortable to say, oh, you're a left wing or you're a right wing or whatever. Our conversation is so weirdo. Are so aggravating. Like, they're so incredibly aggravating to talk about because, I don't know, if you just have strong opinions and somebody is divisively opposing you, like, mm-hmm. it's like, this is what I think the good of all people is going to be. And you have somebody else who thinks the opposite of that. It's inherently just going to cause some friction. Right. And then it's just, you get the mob mentality then you go find spaces where they're echo chambers and people only believe what you believe mm-hmm. and these ideas proliferate they get more radical more radical and mm-hmm. then you have like two entities of people that could not be more diametrically opposed yep who are they're solidified in a belief i believe this you guys believe this we are that 
but then it's like in 10 years like what are you still that like if you look back and like oh here, what was i doing exactly 10 years ago on this day like just stop and think about yourself in that moment because you're gonna be like oh i was representing that entire thing saying that was my entire being that's my whole that's who i am that's what i'm gonna fight against the opposite of and this really goes back to the ego as well because i mean you see it a lot in like I mean, zealotry of all kinds, but especially religious zealotry, because it's a belief that you've attached to yourself. And now anybody that's refuting it is attacking you and not a right. concept. Right. And that's very like people yeah, that's are dangerous. Yes, yeah, extremely dangerous. And if you can not identify with that on a personal level and like as a concept, it's very helpful. Right. Like, because then when you're it's you don't get like that ape reaction to like, oh, they're, this is who I am. They're yeah. attacking my beliefs. You don't like, have to they're, be defensive. They're attacking an idea. And I've gotten a lot of mileage out of not telling people which way I lean mm -hmm. and just talking about ideas and concepts. Certainly. Like, hey, this is, the, this is the problem. Or like policy, I guess. This is the problem. Mm -hmm. Let's converse about it. And I won't tell people how I lean. And that you mm -hmm. will get so much further with people if you can, like, just do that. Right. I, I think, so I definitely agree with that. But I also think that it's has become okay to be in a constant state of contempt and say that that's a personality. And so a lot of times like, Oh, I'm so open to your opinion. Right. And then as you're talking, I'm like, mm hmm, mm hmm. I'm making faces. I'm doing like that. Again, politics, Donald Trump does that. Like, like the weird, like, Oh, I'm not believing what you're saying. You're not actually listening. You're solidifying. I am this stance against your stance. And so we can't get anywhere from that. So, I mean, even just, listening the us versus them requires you to, to dissolve that it requires everyone to be a better listener and being a better listener means your body language your face your like just listen and let them talk too that, that, that's another huge thing um i do want to i do want to really uh, the just the us versus them thing mm -hmm. like that so what how would you define I guess just even that sentence, uh, us versus them, because I think it's a huge thing that we should definitely know. It helps a lot of our conversations. I think it's really just like the, it's just the classic tribalism, you know, like it goes back to those caveman days when people that don't look like you mm -hmm. from another tribe are like, come to kill you, take all your stuff. Mm -hmm. Like we just haven't, we've ideologically and technologically grown so fast but we haven't shaken like who, oh like yeah. humanity and what we once were so trying to navigate that well, on like a cell phones bro yeah it's it's a very it's <laughs> a hard landscape. With pacifiers as you as you texted me this morning phones are the great pacifier people we'll get to that definitely we'll, want to talk about we'll that. that so uh, us versus them when we're when we're having these conversations so how do we when people are listening because, you know, even listening, so, so say our, our, this, the previous part of our conversation, we're talking about old people. If I was an older person, I'd be like, like what, you don't know, what, whatever, like you're talking about me, like whatever. You, you start to get a stance instead of just listening and trying to let them explain. Mm -hmm. So dissolving the us versus them mentality. I mean, how, mindfulness again, I guess. I think it really comes down to humanizing people. True. It's so true. easy to dehumanize somebody that doesn't believe what you believe to like a very extreme degree. Mm -hmm. It's like... Oh, and then you label them like the the caveman brain, and like it's actually very novel and good that we're extremely good at categorizing things. Mm -hmm. Like as humans, like you, I mean, it's just how we say that's how we survived. Like you see a snake, some snakes are poisonous, so this snake is poisonous or venomous rather. 
and you just believe that. So you put things in boxes and you compartmentalize them. When you start doing that to people, it does not lead to very helpful conversation. Mm -hmm. And just looking at people like from where they're coming from i guess like meeting people right. where they're at essentially because there's a reason they're upset mm -hmm. and it's probably not what they're talking about like they somebody either fed this to them as a solution to a problem they have that you also probably have right like trying to understand the root of someone's pain will help a lot in this yeah I, go ahead go that ahead. requires a very very large deal of empathy and it's also hard to give that to people you disagree with. Empathy is a, a, a tough one, though, because I think that, you know, the news, the, the world of news is also kind of... Empathy is a weird thing. I think we misunderstand empathy and, and sympathy. Uh, feeling other people's pain mm -hmm. is not super healthy all the time because mm -hmm. then it gets us like it makes us pick up this pitchfork like oh, i will avenge you sort of gives it kind of hits that core of our being so being being empathetic is is super we, we can talk about that in another podcast but uh uh yeah but but so sympathy one, one thing that i do for that is uh that like how i'm able to be empathetic towards everyone i feel like uh, in my meditations, I always think of people throughout their whole life. So it's like, okay, I'm, uh, say the the subject is someone that you've had a disagreement with. And so I bring that person to mind and I think about them five years ago. Like, what were they doing? Oh, you know, maybe they were just getting their license. Maybe they were a young kid. Um, then 10 years ago, oh, they were a teenager. Oh, five years, oh, they were a kid. You think of someone as a whole being, you know, they've had a whole life. They have a mother. Um, there's these things that they're trying to protect, mm -hmm. right? They have a family at home. Their argument with you is just trying to make sure that shit doesn't go astray, right? Like the essence of them is to just stay safe just like it is for you. And so I think for me, like in meditations and then just kind of think about it once in a while when you're having an argument or talking to somebody like, man, this motherfucker has had a whole life. They've had a baby. They were a baby. Mm -hmm. That's who they were. They were a baby. They got a mom. I really, uh, so there's a ideology or a philosophy called determinism and um it's basically predicated upon the fact that uh okay so the universe explodes and everything from then has led to you where you're at now and you haven't got to cho choose any of that so if it's like nature versus nurture like that's what people say like that's the argument you don't really get to choose either of those things and you will instinctively react to your environment anyways so you, you haven't got to really choose who you are and how you got to yeah. where you are. It's just like other almost by happenstance. Right. So looking at other people, like if I was this person, I would be exactly the same way. Exactly. Is, is incredibly humanizing. And it's, it for me has led to a very large degree of empathy just mm -hmm. for everyone. Even people that I like, you can't even fathom how they came to the conclusion they did or the, why they, they are the way they are. Mm -hmm. But then thinking, man i would be the same way if i was them yeah like you, you know you're gonna have that instant so, so that's the thing is so mindfulness puts a wedge in that instant reaction so what we're talking about here is everybody has these reactions of like you're an absolute idiot what are you talking about or like this you immediately compartmentalize someone into them they know less than i do they know they're wrong but at the essence of, of what's going on that you're just misunderstanding mm -hmm. each other. So when you can see someone as a whole being in, you can 
practice mindfulness to put the wedge in and be like, okay, I can feel this anxiety raising up. I can feel this anger raising up. I'm not going to let that anger control what's coming out of my mouth. I'm going to stop and listen to them, let them talk. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wait for them to explain what they really mean, not just the words that they're saying. Intent is incredibly important and we lose that a lot. I really think because the ego like you, oh, you want to get the quip in. Like you want to own this guy. Like it feels so mm-hmm. good. Just mm-hmm. like, oh, you're wrong. I'm right. And it just is so reassuring. But that is not helpful rhetoric, and it's not helpful for anyone involved. It just usually, if you want, if you want to change someone's opinion, you can't do that. Like because they will always double down mm-hmm. every single time to protect their own ego. So just as you would. Just I mean, I would do the exact same thing. Yeah. So if you can facilitate people to just kind of leech it out of them like get them to explain themselves even if even when if they're done you really still don't disagree with them at least you can now have a more open dialogue and maybe changing their mind because the moment you get on that back foot the front of your brain that does a lot of cognitive reasoning shuts off and just Mm -hmm. the stem will fire and that's just caveman protection instincts right so if you can keep people from like that fight or flight response when you're talking to them, you'll get a lot further. Mm-hmm. And noticing when you've locked into that same response, you're, if you're being defensive yourself. Because I love being upset. I do. I love right. being politically outraged. It Especially feels, right afterwards oh, when you, you, know, you own someone in an argument. You're like, man, that felt good. I've been really been trying to get away from doing it because yeah. it, uh, it does feel great. Yeah. Like it's, it's a it's hard not, not to. It's sometimes. not fucking helpful. It's so not helpful. And when you look at like we're all in this bitch together. Like we, yeah. like we all got to navigate life. Like this person is trying their best. I'm sure right. like they have probably very similar problems to me. Right. It's just not helpful discourse and it will further divide people and not doing that is extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all super important, man. I, I'm glad that we can kind of summarize things and hopefully you know that that's certainly what i want to be doing over time is is defining things a little better and, and allowing people to to slow down and and you know because because a lot of what we're having trouble doing in our conversations in today's world is is even getting to the conversation because we even we hit these barriers of like oh you're wearing a, a red hat with that white writing on it like i'm not even gonna let you speak but it's just stopping things. So explaining things and really helping us see each other as humans and just humanizing conversation to where we can actually talk to each other and realize like, yeah, we're vastly different. We think way different things, but we're also with you hurling through fucking space on this big old rock. <laughs> Dude, once once you really think about the absurdity of just existing, it's like boils everything down <laughs> no, to just man. not. It's just like such a non-issue. It's so silly. Like we are spinning around a sun that's hurling through the universe mm-hmm. with a galaxy that's also hurling through the universe. Yeah. And like this petty argument, right. like it just is so not important. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's at the end of even just your small, short life, you know, each of us, we're going to, there will be even the same laughing moment, right? Like, oh man, that was so petty. You're not going to be like, oh, thank goodness I own that mo fucking leftist in that argument when i was 28 i mean just what's important to you you know yeah 
wrote a bunch of stuff. Oh, that uh, phones are the great adult pacifier. Oh, I definitely want to dip, dip into that. Uh, what is your, you see, you text me that this morning. Oh, I, I think of that too. Um, it's funny, this podcast, I feel like a lot of my episodes have been just like, social media sucks and phones are evil and all this stuff. Like, I mean, I, I'm addicted to all these things too. And I have my ways of, of branching with them as well. But so explain to me how my phone is a pacifier. Okay. Well, if you, anyone goes to dinner in the U S you see everyone on their phone. Mm-hmm. And, um, another thing we didn't touch on with meditation is it just cause you to be present and the phone is the opposite of being present. And I've noticed right. that it's really detracted from my life and relationships. And it's led me with an, the dopamine tick is so important. I get so bored so fast from being mm-hmm. so stimulated that I can't enjoy stuff ever. I can't enjoy mo- like It's extremely, extremely hard to enjoy just my everyday moments because I'm so used to just being blasted with information. I know, man. It's, it's, we're constantly, we have everything we ever want. And then that's the, the truth of life though, is everything you ever want is never enough. So, <laughs> so the, the present moment certainly pulls us away or, or the phone pulls us away from the present moment. What you want to define the present moment? Let, let's make sure that's clear. Yeah. Um, it really is. I mean, it's quite literally now and you can let it slip very easily by not paying attention to it or not being mindful of it. Mm-hmm. Like when you sit on Instagram and like sit on Instagram and just look at shit posts, look at memes and just like mm-hmm. intake you all get of this. You a little laugh. You get a little dopamine hit every it's time just, you click. But it's not actually satisfying. It's just pacifying. Mm-hmm. Like this is not when I, I have this realization sometimes. I watch YouTube for like five hours a day, like in taking helpful information, but it's still it's just way too much information. Right. Same here. And I will find myself down the down the rabbit hole, just watching stuff, watch stuff. And then I like set my phone. I'm like, what do I really care about? Like what like what what would I be doing right now if I wasn't doing this? There's definitely something that is more constructive. If that, YouTube didn't just throw me down this, what would I care about? Yeah, like I there's things that I do that bring me much more joy than this. And I'm choosing to do this right now. And I choose just to do this a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like others do as well. And it really detracts from Right. It pull, but it, pull, it pulls you out of the present moment. I mean, but that's the thing is a lot of times you're, you're learning, you know, or you're enjoying, like, of course I'm pulled out of the present moment. I'm enjoying my life. I'm enjoying this thing. Like, so, so why would the, why is the present moment even important then Spencer? If, if we're just feeling better when we're doing six hours of YouTube. Cause it's ultimately not constructive at to a point. Yes. Yeah. Seek your knowledge, learn your things, but there's a point of overstimulation in which you just cannot take anything else. And I find myself in this place quite a bit where I'm just very much so over blasted with information. And it's like the little stuff, like, like if you're watching YouTube and run out your door, like that sweet, like decaying fall smell of all the dead leaves. Like there's so many things that are beautiful and mundane that you 100% look over mm-hmm. and you're never going to get back just because you're staring at your phone. Right. You know, so that that's funny, the, you know, the smell of the leaves, even that. So that's something I think that our ego helps us say like, oh, I'm just not into that sort of thing, right? Like you say like, oh, I'm not, I'm not a fall person or I'm not, I don't like the outside or blah, blah, blah. But these are like naturally healing. Mm-hmm. Like these are just being a human. It's, it's important to connect with these things. We get, you know, oxygen and breath from, from the outside, from the trees. Um, the, the being pulled constantly 
out of the present moment um, seems so, you know, it doesn't seem like a big deal when this is better. I'm holding up my phone here. Holding up my phone is better than reality, right? Like, so if your life sucks at home, the present moment is an, is is a nice is a nice thing to escape from, mm-hmm. right? But I think we're a little confused about what the present what the present is. Like we think of it as like here what here's my reality, not not slowing down and being like. Uh, uh, really breaking apart what it smells like in this room, mm-hmm. you know, what it, what, what are the intricacies of how do things feel and, and y- using our senses to really breathe in and stop and slow down and stop thinking so much and breathe that in. Um, That's really a core tenet of meditation as well. It's just yeah. like anchoring the five senses and just taking note of sensory input. I don't know if that's how you meditate, but like, yeah. I mean, a lot of the times Often. I really like to meditate with my eyes open because mm-hmm. it's just, it's just nice. It's a just lot of m- people have good success with eyes open. I'm I'm not someone who has a lot of eyes open, but a ton of people do do very well with eyes open meditation. I got to be really on top of meditating every day to mm-hmm. like get to the point where it's productive. Because I mean, you get the twitch, like, pick up your phone, do it. Like anything, these little obtrusions on your consciousness, you're like mm-hmm. your stream of reality, and they just make you want to not do what you're doing. Like there's yeah. something so uncomfortable about doing nothing, and I feel like the old iPhone is a big part of that the old pacifier and i mean that's really what it is i mean you see like kids not being parented like even Mm -hmm. i am criminally under present in my like relationship like my love relationship oh right right and just because i mean once you get really comfortable with people i mean you see it at dinner tables Mm -hmm. you just well i know i know how they feel like why are we gonna talk about it we talked about all the things but but so that's the thing is to search for the present moment and make sure you're always in the present. So I have that same thing because I used to be on my phone so much more often than I am now. And I'll have moments where I'm like, Shayla and I will both be on our phone for like, let's say a minute at dinner. Yesterday, literally at Applebee's, we were um, on our phones. And I have moments now because I've kind of trained myself like, oh, let's lock back in that present moment. I'll put my phone down and um, I'll just, you know, try to think of something like, like, hey, if a meteor hit right now, babe, what would you do? Like, what do you think would happen? And, you know, all of a sudden you have a 20 minute wonderful conversation, you know, so exploring wonder, talking about, like, you could even be like, hey, what do you think? Like, would you ever adopt a kid? You know, have those conversations. Just, I think that we also use the phone for things to talk about, right? I mean, it's gossip is, is, man, it's something that I'm really trying to break apart. I'm reading uh, Yuval Noah Harari's Sapiens right now, and he's talking about like gossip. Book. Oh, man, I'm, I'm not super far into it, but it's so good so far. It's very good. But uh, gossip, man, it's the phone, the, the click culture has fueled our gossip to where pretty much there's entire people who they're never talking about anything other than what's being regurgitated to them. Like, did you hear about this? 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 Um man, that's, I feel like that's almost taking our phone. And even though it's down, it's leaving our phone on because we're not in the present moment. Still, we're still carrying on this thing. That's, that's elsewhere over here. Um, but, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so I was trying to round out in your relationship, in your, like even our friendships, once in a while, dude, like you notice, like, of course, we love being on our phone. Of course, Reddit's great. YouTube's great. Instagram, whatever. But once in a while, you got to be like, ah, let's let's try to be creative here. Let's try to explore my fucking life and not just use the whole thing on my phone. Put your phone down. Look at the person across to you. 
say what's happening, what's going on, you know, like mm-hmm. let's talk about something in depth. And I've personally found it so much more enriching mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. have a conversation because what's on this, what's on this guy is really just, it's never positive. Positive new doesn't, doesn't sell. Yeah, it doesn't sell. So it doesn't make you're being sold that you're inadequate. Mm-hmm. People are trying to sell you stuff. And the way, best way to sell you stuff is to make you feel like you're less than currently. It's yeah. like, oh, if I have this thing, I'll be better. And all these sites, that's just what they're doing. And all the gossip. I mean, it's just programming your brain to also to want that right. for your own life. I mean, I've recently, I take naps every single day. And I'll be like watching YouTube and I'll go to sleep and I'll have like pretty vivid dreams that are very, very similar to what I was watching. Mm -hmm. And it's really hearkened me to believe that what you intake like weighs so heavily on your subconscious. Right. And if you intake just garbage all the time, Mm -hmm. like he said, she said, like all the celebrity gossip, like all this negativity, like it really does affect you. Right. Even if you don't realize it, like it really changes who you are and how you react to the world and what you seek out for pleasure as well. Oh, it absolutely does. So if you go have a really constructive conversation or just like something fun, like something playful, like that's so much more helpful mm-hmm. for you, like as a person than staring at that screen. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the, the screen, the phone is kind of like that, uh, that shortcut to the, the chemical reaction that happens. Like, so, so when you, if you, if you aren't aware listener, when you pick up your phone and you click on something, so if you get the notification ding and you hear that and you immediately pick up your phone and you click like, all right, got it. That is the chemical dopamine is being released in your brain. That's how it works. You get dopamine from picking up your phone, but you also get dopamine from having wonderful conversations. You get, uh, you get dopamine from, uh, what isn't dopamine like the reward chemical yes it's very misunderstood like in like common terms but it it is the reward you get yeah like checking something off your list like oh i I did that thing or i i got that thing like i posted that thing and i got this from posting that i did good Is is it that sort of yeah it's your brain's way of rewarding you for doing something that would increase survival chances so like eating Mm. dopamine Right. Like all these things like sex, dopamine. Yes. Like all these things that feel really good. Yes. And we've been evolutionary like designed to, if these things are happening to you, it must mean you're doing pretty good because a lot of people have just died. Like, I mean, it took us a while to have a sustainable culture to where we don't have to worry about just surviving. It's like, you're doing good. You're getting that dopamine. Good. That's what you want is to stay safe. And yeah, like polio's or uh, penicillin's less than a hundred years old. So, like, people from just, like, dying from everything not very long ago. Like, two (laughs) people ago. Two people ago. But, oh, with... A lot of people have ADHD as well from the phone, I really believe. Because that dopamine... So, all Adderall does is increase your dopamine levels, which inherently allows you to focus. Because the lack of dopamine, uh, people... Or the brain is set up to seek novelty, to feel stimulated. That's why, like... If you get into something like music's a really good example you can like the real light poppy stuff in like four years you're listening to like underground music that's got like 400 followers and he's doing that out of the basement like so you will always go more and more and more and more mm-hmm. and this constant like blast of dopamine makes it incredibly hard to focus when things are more mundane than that and it's right. so it's just so much input that just sitting seems hard right 
it's super hard to focus, man. It's, that's the thing. It's so hard to focus because we're used to, you know, we kind of, when we're online, we kind of let our minds rip. You don't have to focus. You can look, oh, there's an ad, there's an ad. Oh, there's this thing. Oh, this person, I like that one real quick. You know, we kind of let it rip. I feel like sometimes the ADHD brain is kind of trained by just the nature of phones. Yeah. Even on a neurochemical level, I think it's incredibly enhanced just because mm-hmm. you now live at a heightened state of dopamine because of your mm-hmm. phone. And then the you sit down to read, not as stimulating, not colorful, not loud. It's not so novel. Right. It's very, very hard. Well, and so, and so that's the thing is finding things that you're interested in that aren't gossip and what so-and-so is doing. And um, you, you, that's why we've got to be finding things that we're interested in that aren't just negative to us so and so what i mean by that is something that's stimulating so if you're sitting through a lecture of um something about music and you love music you're going to be paying attention you're going to be attentive but if you're not interested in music at all you're not going to be paying attention so finding something that stimulates you um other than gossip and and passing the time and i feel like we have really gotten the short side of this when it comes to uh all our hobbies need to be lucrative in general mm-hmm. so a lot of them are very vain very shallow like, right. like talking about big concepts and being really interested in like a lot of these things that don't make a lot of money is not very um culturally supported right. so just being sold things right all the time well but, we're always thinking of the right now right we're, we're thinking of how do we get this right now the soonest not how do we enjoy our life for the long run yeah, and you really feel or see people like i really wish that uh people didn't shame each other for stuff that they like right. in general because it's like you get the stereotypical like young person like male or female like you probably guess what they're into more mm-hmm. than likely like with the 80 percent accuracy like because we just are kind of like this homogenized like this is what's culturally cool there's not a lot of introduction to a lot of like other other things that could be really enriching. I think. Seriously. I think it's a big problem. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's crazy though. So much. I mean, it's 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 nice that just this conversation. I'm thinking, like, just looping back, like everything we're talking about, I can loop back to ego, to being mindful. These such important concepts. It really is such an anchor for everything we've talked about, I really think, because, like, you people, I mean, I always say there's nothing more disappointing than meeting someone there exactly who you think they are. <laughs> like, they're just, like, really right. normal. And, like, that heteronormativity is, like, so championed. Right. Like, you just got to be normal. Everyone wants to be normal. Yeah. Normal is very boring. Yeah, really. It's, it's boring to us, too. Yes. And, and we notice that within ourselves and within each other. We, we know when we're not being our authentic selves. We feel it, our ego reacts to it, and we know when other people aren't being either because it puts this weird non-trusting in, in our conversations. Mm-hmm. I really think that, uh, well, even like Netflix, like sitcoms are my favorite example of pacification because it's just like, it's so comfy. It's just the most comfy media. It's right. not challenging, which some people, okay, right. I my life's extremely easy. Like I don't have a lot of like real actual issues that I don't cause for myself. So like all my problems are my fault and I'm fully aware of that. So it's probably nice to come home after like a long day that was pretty shit and like watch a sitcom. But that is like, 
just like a baby food for your brain. It is. Like it's just, I, some people also don't really like to research. Like that's a personality type. Definitely. And like to be like challenged in that way. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard for me to empathize with them. Cause it's like, that's all I really enjoy. It's just like new, really crunchy information. Right. We both love novelty. Yeah. But then, I think that your personality becomes the office then and you get this extremely homogenized person from it right like just from the media that we consume as young people like you like this is my sense of humor like we're all into these like pretty bland things that just like help us pass time and never really question anything or talk about anything grand but what we don't see is right right beneath our eyes as we're doing these things they're becoming who we are you know if you do the same thing every day for 30 days whether you want it to or not it's kind of who you are you know it's 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 shaping your personality at least right you're just a sack of habits chasing three brain chemicals just a bunch of mush under there yeah yeah you've got to i mean there's certain people that you know, there's a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, but I think that the way that life just inherently is now, especially in the Western culture, it's like you have to realize that if you don't have an active growth mindset, then society and the internet and your phone is going to make you into their fixed mindset. They're going to, they're going to send you on their wild goose chase. That's going to be your interests. They're going to give you an ego to use. I've got a lot of really hard criticisms of capitalism in general. Mm -hmm. I really think that, uh, like, the growth mindset is even misconstrued because of it. Because it's like monetary gain is what's prized here. Like, that's that's what we flex. You know, you wear the chains, you drive the car, and this is who I am. Like, all of our, like, economic system is based around consuming and then being what you have. Mm -hmm. That's... uh, one of my favorite things is you climb up the corporate ladder, you get to the top, you realize you're on the wrong building. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's just, uh, and it's incredibly predatory. You see when you pick up your phone too, everyone's just trying to sell you stuff, make you feel bad. And, yeah. I, and I think that like that model, just like constantly, like you just are selling your time and buying stuff. Like that's what you hear. Be quiet. Don't make noise. Sell your time and buy stuff. Like that's the loop. And that growth mindset can be very much so sold to people through like a lot of self-help books to just make you make more money to buy more stuff. Right. Right. It's, it sucks, man. It's, I mean, I think it's worth talking about though. It's worth having these conversations and it's worth trying to teach people and trying to make sure people know it's like, Hey, I'm not trying to judge you. I'm not trying to like tell you, you know, that you're, that I'm better than you in any way. It's like, I'm trying to, to make you realize that your attention is being sold to you. I'm trying to make you realize that what you care about throughout your life should not, sh- should be your own decision and it shouldn't be your primitive chemicals being used against you, which is the, the world that we're living in and it's creating way too much divide. And Well, and it just causes this sense of a, well, it's a lack of, it's not fulfilling at all. I mean, right. you, you buy a new car, you like it for two months mm-hmm. then you stop washing it. It's just like how you get to work. Yeah. Like this thing that you work so hard for is just but a little bit of satisfaction. That's mm. what's next. What's next? Like, and I feel like a lot of depression, anxiety come from systemic reasons mm-hmm. that we just are like thrusted into this world. You're just like here to make money, man. Just here to work. 
Dude, we're not here for that. That's something that's like, sure, you got to play that game. We got to, culture is a real thing. Society is a real thing. You got to exist in this world. But like the essence of who you should be at the end of every, end of every day is just someone who's trying to learn what this is all about right next to a bunch of other people trying to learn what this is all about. And that harkens back to the ego too, because selling you stuff is so ego pandering. It is. Mm. I fall for, I mean, I have, I've had a massive ego in the past. Mm-hmm. Like want the nicest car, want just big muscles, and I want everyone to think I'm smart and funny Dude, and huge. Yeah, totally. And whatever I could buy to make that happen, I would. Whatever yeah. like attention I could get just from monetary purchases, 100% would do that. And it's really hard to not be like that because mm-hmm. we've just been raised in a culture that that's that's just how it is. But but so here's the thing: is the jump that was always something that I could understand at the moment until I was introspective about it later is. In the moment, you don't realize you are doing these things, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're like, what are you talking about? I'm just, this is who I am. I'm just buying these things that I like. I'm just doing these things. But what we're saying is the essence of why you're doing these things is your ego. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what your ego is. You just and you don't have to bow to it. This is actually unintentionally been an excellent podcast about ego. Cool. Yeah. I like podcasts. Dude, I feel like the the essence of ego, it's such a confusing concept. I told you, I've uh, I've been like, I've been doing so much research around the word ego because I feel like I, in my head, I want to be able to explain it in like two sentences to people, but I'm not there yet by any means. So I think that, I mean, you, you'll be on this podcast more often anyway, and we're going to have these more, more conversations in depth about ego and... I mean, we talked about mindfulness and all these things that loop together. I think over time, listeners will really have a great grasp on ego and, and why it's important to, to understand. And I don't know if it's just what we chose to talk about, all pander to the ego, or if everything, like all the human decisions you make, really revert back to that. Oh, God. I would like to keep an eye on that so as we continue we... to talk. Yeah. Yeah, because when you keep floating, I mean, and what happens in conversations where you keep floating above ego and keep floating, like, the better you get, and you kind of go this meta above the conversation, like, we're too, of course, we both still have egos, but we're creating this That's third part of the conversation. definitely pretty big at some point in time. Yeah. Like, I am extremely, at my core, pretty argumentative, love to be the smart guy, I like to be right, right. I want to be the strong one, like, definitely just want to be that guy, like... Like at my being, that's that's yeah. just how I've always been. So trying to release that has been pretty hard, just in general. Like it's always yeah. like not like oh no I lost it. It's like every day you got to really work. Right, on it, dude, you got to. It's when you notice that it's your natural state. I always like uh, Aubrey Marcus. He always talks about. He always calls himself a monster. He's like, dude, at my being, I'm a monster. Like I got to push these things out. I gotta, I gotta attack. I'm like I know that, like. I have these things, but they're not always productive to my conversation. They're not always productive to what brings me forth in life. So, um, I feel like you'll definitely succumb to them more than once. And right. I really want, like, a people, any listener is going to, like, really start to delve into this. If you fail, that's part of it. You're right. going to fail for the rest of your life. That's just how it is. Like, you're going right. to fail sometimes. And that is more than acceptable, and you just have to take note of it to be better. Yeah. You're not failure just as much as you're not your ego. You're not these other things we're talking about. You're also not failure. You just got to restart the next day. And that's the thing is, it's not like, oh, I failed. Now I got to redo it. It's like, no, you you never really fail if you think about it. It's just like, oh, well, I didn't get to where I wanted to be today. Tomorrow, 
no doubt in my mind, I'm going to start that same thing. I'm going to do that same thing. I'm going to pick up where I left off. So what do we, what do we learn today? Kind of thing. Not yeah. a, oh, I failed today. Now I can beat myself up. Like actually journaling is really helpful. Definitely. For this. I, man, I'm a huge advocate of journaling. Scribing is definitely important. I don't do it enough, mm-hmm. but it's definitely really helpful because then you can see progress too. You go back like two months, you look at what you're writing about. That's something that I, um, like looking back at my notes, I'm getting there now. It's some sort of weird block that I have. I have like, I have so much work that needs to be, oh, here's some rough draft. Let's go sketch it out and, and make it a final, um, reading back my journal and reading back my thoughts. But it is important. It's something that I'm also working on. Um, so, so to work on all these things, journaling definitely helps. Uh, mindfulness meditation. There's plenty of apps. I mean, you search the word mindfulness meditation anywhere nowadays. Like, just follow the directions. I promise it will help with, with, with ego, with seeing people as other, with um, your emotions getting out of control, with, with all these, these concepts. Mindfulness, meditation. <laughs> even, not even, you don't even necessarily have to meditate, but the incessant study of these things is helpful. Oh, even absolutely. Devoid of that because it just allows you to actually see what's happening. I will say that I've taken like pretty long breaks after starting meditating and then falling off and then get back on it. And my emotional state is so much more um, varied when I don't meditate. Mm-hmm. Like my, I find myself being reactive much more so than I normally would be if I was meditating consistently. Do you notice it in the moment? Like, oh shit, like two minutes ago I just did that. Or do you notice it? you know say like oh i meditated this week i noticed last week i kind of was a jerk huh is it is it, it retrospectively does, or it's it depends how long i have meditated for like i took probably meditated for like six weeks and by the end of it i just kind of found myself back on my bullshit you know right, like right. doing all the stuff like i don't know just my habits just mm-hmm. doing my habits mindlessly like careening through days looking at my phone not taking note of things and just like not living now Mm-hmm. at all to any meaningful degree and it really detracted from like my day-to-day experience right there's a saying that i really like that aubrey marcus says hit me with it uh today's a good day to die today's a good day to die. like if you just live in a way that you'd be content with hey man i lived i lived i laughed i danced i played today yeah i had a good day i like that if i died today that'd be acceptable like i lived my life to the utmost potential today right yeah, don't, don't put all like the, oh, I have done everything I've wanted to in this life and I'm good to die now. It's not like that. It's just today, in this moment, I'm being what I can be. I have done what I can do today. And I don't want to misconstrue that with like being physically productive. Like, oh, I checked all my list off. It's only just like right. enjoying the intricacies of conversation and laughing yeah. and letting yourself just, just genuinely enjoying every second yeah. of the day. D- did you slow down? Did you... Did you, you know, maybe take a breath outside just one second extra longer and, and breathe it in like, man, I'm so grateful for my backyard. I'm grateful for my, I think gratitude definitely helps. Like the, the a good day to die today is definitely like you need gratitude to be able to feel grateful for today being that good day. Well, certainly I've got a, I'm very lucky. I've got a very excellent family dynamic. I still with my parents. They're mm-hmm. just very good people. I walked in my house about 2 a.m. one night and I was like, I'm so thankful that this is a place of like happiness for me. Like right. I know that many people walk in their house and it's a source of pain. Right. And like to think about your safest space being like a place of discomfort to any mm-hmm. real degree is just so unfortunate. I've like was very, very gracious of it. Yeah, dude. Just stuff glad. like that. 
Yeah, that's you know that that sparks something in me. That I'm very grateful of, of my space here, as well. Um, it's just cool to see. You know, you're someone who I've, you know, I, I had a, a a riddled upbringing. You know, um, and you're someone who like you know we we talked about multiple times today. Like you've you've had it great. You know, you say you you've had your own experiences, of course, just as anybody has. But to know that you're still grateful for like having a home. You know, because there's I'm so grateful for what I have here. But for me, I'm so grateful because there was, you know, many years of my childhood where I was, my feet were in the air. I was homeless, you know, it was like I didn't have a consistent, that place. And so, man, I just, I just want to say thanks for being grateful in your own life. Cause it just is like, I think it's so important that you're taking time to be grateful for what you have and not being, you know, greedy about it. Cause there's plenty of people who, uh, greedy is not the right word. There's plenty of people who just aren't grateful for what they have. And there's a lot of people who would love to have anything that they have. And that's such a cliche thing that you hear all the time, but it's, it's important to your life. It's not, you owe this person. You should be grateful because this person has left. It's like it has less. It's, it's, it's a gratitude that you give to your life. You are really just cheating yourself by not being grateful for what right. you have, to be honest. Cause yeah. it really doesn't affect anyone else, but you mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. like if you just are constantly and well, and if you're not grateful, you live in a constant state of discontent that's very unfortunate because then you will seek outside sources for contentment you'll never be grateful for it i was uh i was at lunch with like a multi-millionaire gym owner for like a business lunch Mm -hmm. and his kid was there with him he's probably like 14 i was about 18 and we were on the water on the east coast and he was complaining to his father that uh their yacht's not big enough and at that moment i was like wow what a sentence that's insane this is madness right well and and the thing about it though is that kid you know he was eight or no you were 18 he was what 14 he was probably like in sophomore year high school so that's the thing is he's not he's not born like he just knows all this language he knows gratitude he knows all these things like he knows about yachts i mean he needs to be taught these things like you have to be able to take a second and slow down and he needs to have have a way of that being taught to him you know, these are things that as parents, it's important for us to do. Like you need to show your kid why they're grateful for what they have. It's a tenet of stoicism to go live with the poor for a few days right. and get in touch with the people. It's probably honestly important. It's probably great. I mean, I know, um, uh, Megan went over to, uh, South Africa, Ghana, I think. And she was there and helped out and taught at like a school and stuff for months. She came back and she's like, man, it's, it's obviously eye opening. You know, that, that's a pretty profound way to go about it. But seeing people with less definitely makes you grateful for what you have. And I love I love when people go to Africa. I've never been. But when right. they come back and they're like, everyone was so happy there. Right. They're just so grateful for yeah. every little we have piece. more and we're content with not much. Not much. That's why stuff doesn't matter. Like stuff is no. not important. Stuff sucks. Stuff is definitely perishable and you will get over it. But if you can't find like the wherewithal to just accept what it is or like who you are or what's happening around you and just like genuinely take in the good parts and enjoy them. Right. You're just going to constantly be sad and be discontent. Yeah. Now I see that with body issues a lot. So I'm a personal trainer and if people, you can't, you got to enjoy the process. Like if you're like, I will be happy when I get here, you're never going to be happy because when you get there, you want more. But if you can find it in your being to accept yourself now right. you will be content the whole way yeah 
you can't put your happiness in the outcome because you don't control the outcome. Uh, I've I've heard that analogy with uh, uh, tennis players. So like, I will only be happy like Serena Williams. I'm only going to be happy and proud of myself if I win. But you don't have control over that. If this person is more physically, if they're better at this game or whatever happens and they win this game, that's you can't control that. But what you can do is you can be present and you can go give it your all, and you can you can you can be content with the outcome that you gave your one hundred percent, whether you won or lost. And. Uh, if you have the first mindset, who does it hurt ultimately? It doesn't change the outcome. If you lose and you were only going to be happy if you won, you're you're the only one suffering from it. Right. So we really just create our own torment to some yeah. degree. We create our we create our own fear, and then we get into a boxing ring and we try to box it. I really think the. I really don't like capitalism. We're going people are definitely going to find that out. Capitalism, huh? Well, I mean, because it's um. Go on, it's, comrade. It's it's the winning the winning mindset. Gotta win. Yeah, Gotta right. Do those right. things. There's no. Uh, it's all about efficiency. No time to live now. Got to live tomorrow. Got to do all these things. Mm-hmm. And that's just not. What, not what's gonna the, lead to happiness. What's the point of that? Yeah. What's the? What, well, you don't get to the end, do you? Like you you don't get to the end. Like all right, well I won. See you later. Good night. I'm gonna go die. Just go do stuff for other people. Yeah, your life is in between. You just end up, I mean, if you're really good at it, you end up on a pile of gold alone, realizing you didn't cherish a single moment because you're running that rat race. I'd I'd rather, what was the saying? Uh, Mike Studd had a lyric. I'd rather be broke than rich alone. I always like that one. Dude, Scrooge McDuck on the pile of gold. Sad man. Very sad man. Scrooge McDuck. Um, Well, Spencer, let's let's round it out. Is there anything that you want to go over one more time for listeners? Let's take a look. Let's definitely take a look. I would just live like today is a good day to die. Live like today is a good day to die. Just like really think about that and enjoy the present moment as much as you can. Yeah, I agree, man. It's very important. Spencer Hicks, I love you so much, man. I'm glad to have you on the podcast. I'm glad to have you a million times more, I hope. Thanks for your friendship and your conversation and your enlightening words to this world, man. I love you, bro. Hey, if you enjoyed that podcast, go ahead and uh, give it a like, give me a follow, whatever you got to do on the social media thing. Um, Make sure to send it to a friend if there's somebody in your life that you think would benefit from any of the things that we discussed in this podcast. And of course, pay attention to uh, whatever app you're using. They're going to autoplay some song or podcast or uh, YouTube video next. So just be wary of your day. Be conscious. Stay mindful. Have a good day. Junkyard Love Podcast out.